everybody. I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Chad Bokelman. And this is The Lantern Cast. Episode 160. Yay, 160. Woohoo, that's like the eggshell anniversary or something, right? Or you, gi- you give eggshells? Don't think it's anything. I don't know how this works. Anyway. <laughs> Technically, it's episode 191. Yes! It doesn't mean anything, really. That's a melty crayon <laughs> anniversary. Uh, other than we're super close to having 200 total episodes. Should we renumber when we get there? No. no. Come on. <laughs> no. Should we go back to one? No. Should we renumber, but, like, do it the same stupid way we did and start with, like, zero and then, like, four or whatever we did last time? Um, so, uh, today is, uh, <laughs> birthday of somebody. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dan. Oh, thanks, Chad. Uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not going to follow along with whatever Jim was just planning on doing there. So. I really wasn't. I wasn't planning anything. Happy birthday, Dan! Hooray! And and it, it literally is today. It's not. We're making him record on his birthday. I think I suggested it. Yeah, yeah. I I pointed that out to him. I'm like, Dan, you know today's your birthday, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, and you know that we're recording. Yeah. Okay, just checking. I'm just <laughs> glad that after that one time where you asked me if my, if my last name was spelled right on that card, and I said yes, even though it was wrong, you're taking time out to check that I know basic things about myself. <laughs> I basically have to now. Yeah. Well, now that I'm old, yes. Not old like you. I'm only 30, but, you know. Over the hill. Nobody will ever be as old as you, though. Ever. I think Jason's older than no. No, you you sculpted Jason out of clay and put that scroll in his mouth so that he walks the earth now. Well, there is somebody older than than Jim. I mean, the oldest people in the world, actually. Robert Kelly and uh, Shag <laughs> Matthews. <laughs> They're ancient. They're the oldest people I know. Yeah, like a little little Chad Bolkman over here. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, guy, you're on that. Sh- you're mentioned enough on that show. You're on their show more than you're on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, fire and oh, wa- fire and water podcast. Everybody, go listen to it. <laughs> I don't think Jim listens. Feel bad for them. <laughs> uh, it's like it's funny. Every podcast I'm ever on, I'm made fun of by the people who host it. Even my own. Yeah. Especially your own. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Oh, Should we sing Dan Happy Birthday? Uh, I, th- I think it might be torture if we do. So I, is oh. it, isn't, isn't there such thing as an unpresent? <laughs> I, think, oh. I think that's oh. where I owe you money or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are we singing Happy Birthday? You can. Oh, if, Lauren's, <laughs> if Lauren's in on it, you gotta. Well, no, I, th- I think if we join in, it'll ruin it. So go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> But you got she sings, but you guys do like cha 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 or something after it. There you okay, go. wait, okay, on three. Three one. for what? <laughs> we sing happy birthday. No, wait, is it one, two, three, and then sing, or is it? I think I think I think we've clarified from like episode one, way way back when, that uh, we're not good at the countdown thing. How about zero? 
Okay, yeah, we count one, two, three, and then when we get to zero, we sing happy birthday. <laughs> Wait, on zero or like a few seconds after zero? The joke is that we would never get to zero if we go from one to three. Yeah. Uh, whoa. You got owned. <laughs> you got zero-owned. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on three. One... Two, three. Happy birthday to Dan. You started what? at the end. Happy oh, gosh. To you. I forgot about Jim's little birthday thing. <laughs> didn't you do this on Lauren's birthday and, like, pissed her brother off or something? No, you My did dad. it for his, his, his brother's birthday to pissed his father off. I think it's the funniest thing ever, though. <laughs> Alright, now for real, let's really sing it. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Yay! Thanks, most of you. Uh, and that will live on Uh, thanks thanks guys yeah you're welcome okay and that was the uh, okay so that concludes like the the fun part of the episode yeah let's get to the issue 19 yeah now before we jump into this this is the infamous and long awaited WTF month Mm. where Every cover of every issue is going to have a fold out that is so eye-popping. It's going to make you go, what the fuck? So I want to know, I don't care when you guys first saw it or what form it was in. Did any of these covers like get a legitimate surprise or shocked reaction out of any of you? Uh... I mean, we can go through them one by one. I don't, doesn't matter, like... Like the like Green Lantern thing with like you fold it it's like the big pile of batteries, you fold it out and it's Sinestro holding yellow. Like did that like did anybody not see that coming kind of thing? Well, I, I don't think we have to go through one by one because I think if you take into consideration what comic covers have always been, it doesn't really matter what the cover says in an, even on a special fold out. Because like uh, and and I I know I'm jumping ahead, but in in the New Guardians one with Simon Baz as a White Lantern, if you saw that image on a regular cover, even then you'd know Simon's not going to stay a White Lantern. Like nothing like that's going to happen. In the Green Lantern Corps, you knew Mogo was coming back. That wasn't a like a, a big thing. So, it's, you know, it, it's <laughs> covers themselves no matter. If it's a gimmick, a fold-out, or if it's just a regular cover, or they really don't have that much weight anymore as far as what happens in the story. Yeah. So I, I don't think the WTF fold-out had any sort of impact on me as far as anticipation for these comics. I mean, the only one that really got a real reaction out of me was Green Lantern Corps, because I, I looked at that and I'm like, we saw Mogo return like two issues ago, didn't we? This is like, like if he hadn't come back yet, this would have been like a real like holy what? But it's like okay, so this guy that has been around is now around. All right. Now he's uh, <clears throat> really back. 
Yeah, he's super back. Yeah. But he'll die again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, John's gotta kill something. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just gonna be like a vicious <laughs> cycle where he just continuously kills Mogo just so that he can get his fix. Yeah. And Eventually, like, when comics are no big deal anymore and it's just a, a, a joke now, there'll be a, occasional little short strips in the back where John kills Nomogo, and it's just like a little sound effect when you turn the page. <laughs> you Mogo, you bastard. <laughs> but like back when these were first solicited, I thought the Red Lantern's cover was like, oh, well, they're finally fighting the inversions. Until yeah. the last page of last issue where I'm like, oh, well, they're fighting Atrocitus then. <laughs> yeah. So this, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not reading any other DC books monthly right now, so I don't know if any of them had, like, a better effect, but... I mean, like, even with Green Lantern 19, you see a big pile of batteries, every color not... every color but yellow, so it's like, oh, well, I guess Sinestro... Like, yellow might be on the on the other side. Sinestro's kind of the main character of this book right now. Well, what's funny is that Green Lantern 19 cover, just that one portion of it, was kind of spoilery, because we saw that image a long, long time before we ever saw the... Volthoom show up with his like turquoise battery, and yet that that cover is full of like various turquoise turquoise batteries. Mm. Huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, what you call it? The I think the only one that actually elicited any reaction whatsoever was the the New Guardians one, <clears throat> just because like it didn't make any sense. And I mean, you know. Granted, once you read the comic, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either. Yeah. But, uh... And when I saw Simon Baz, I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I'm, like, just started reading. Yeah, I'm like, this this doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, all the other ones, it's like, okay, Green Lantern, it's just like, okay, yeah, the, that that happens. Uh, Red Lanterns, that was ridiculous. That was, a, that was supposed to be a WTF cover. And... Yeah, and with the Green Lantern Corps, it's like, like you said, like, this already happened, so how is this a reveal of any sort whatsoever? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, let's jump into it. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern number 19? Yes. Okay. Um, uh... Written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Ardian Syaf, and Zyman Kudransky. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bunch of other people. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, so, from last issue, Sinestro had gotten out of the dead zone, um, and uh, Simon Baz, you know, also got pulled out. Um, Hal's still stuck there. The only way that he can think to get himself out is to take Black Hand's ring, but he can't touch it because he's, you know, he's not completely dead yet. Um, so we start off the issue and he's like, oh, I'm going to jump. You know, it's like, well, I can't believe you haven't jumped already because supposedly you're Hal Jordan, but whatever. So he doesn't jump yet. Uh, then, uh, Sinestro's wondering, you know, what the hell he's doing in this little, you know, the shadow prison thing and who these Templar guardians are. And, uh, you know, then he's just like, you know, that's it. I'm out of here. Wait a second. How did he get out? Um, 
when Simon went in, he generated a ring duplicate, and Hal and Sinestro were fighting over it, and Sinestro distracted him and got it. No, 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 no. How did he get out of the shadow zone? That's what happened. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about the dead zone or the chamber of shadows? The chamber of shadows. I don't know, he's teleported. He's an astro. The guardian, the Templar guardians can't get out of this thing, but Sinestro just zapped himself out. Well, they weren't in, like, the room they were locked in. Like, they were already out of that part. But they couldn't get out of there either. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's like... It's like they were in the jail cell part of the prison, but now they're not, and they can just, like, walk out the main hall. Yeah, but they're still stuck in there right no, now. No, they were helping. The Templar they Guardians. Were... The Templar Guardians. Oh, okay, so they just got out of the, the locked part. But what you call it? But Black Hand was stuck in there with uh, Simon, Simon Baz, and neither yeah. of them could get out. They don't even know. They didn't even know where the hell they were. They were in, like, a weird... Vor- this whole prison is in like this weird vortex thing, and neither of them had any idea or concept of where that is or what that is. Sinestro okay. knows well, shit. Uh, okay, so Sinestro uses magic, and now he's no longer in the Chamber of Shadows. Then uh, we go to uh, the Korrigar. I want to say Quard. Um, yeah, so we go to Korrigar, uh, Arsona is, I guess, uh, trying to pick up a former Sinestro Corps member, I suspect. Um, or just some slob guy that's beating his child. That's what? No, it's a Sinestro Corps member. Is it? Yeah. I don't know, actually, because he's... You know, go back to, like go back to like one of the first couple of issues of this series when they yeah. were on Korrigar. That's one of the Sinestro Corps members. Okay. Because he's wearing what Sinestro used to wear on Korrigar. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know, it he looks look like, like one of them, though. He looks like a Sinestro Corps member, but he's dressed in Korrigarian garments. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, because why would a Sinestro Corps member have his kid there with him? Yeah. He says, my kid, my rules. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless the Sinestro Corps members take their kids to Korrigar. Yeah, whatever. Maybe it was take your kids to Korrigar Day. Anyway... Um, so Sinestro picks up, uh, Arsona, says, I need your help to save the universe. Uh, the First Lantern zaps in and is like, no, you know, Sinestro, you and I will save the universe. Um, and he looks at all of Sinestro's past lives, which amounts to, like, four additional ones. Um, and supposedly he has... You know, he has the greatest range of emotions. There's so much turmoil with him. It's more than he's ever come across before. Uh, so you see what would happen if uh, Sinestro, you know, had never become a Green Lantern. And uh, he's rallying his entire planet against the uh, Quardians and their guardian, the Anti-Monitor. Uh, and he's in love with Arsona. Um, and, you know, and I guess he, at this point it's kind of revealed that you know, he does love her even now in this universe. Um, and at this point, they make point to mention that uh, Arin Sir, his former love, sister of Abin Sir, died from 
when the Manhunters uh, came to his planet, and uh, what are they? They were the Manhunters were searching for Sinestro. Sinestro, uh, and in the, the chaos, she ended up getting killed, which we'll talk about later. Um, and then, uh, you know, so then Sinestro kind of like you know breaks out of this. He starts fighting the first lantern um i guess prevents him from destroying the planet um you know he saves the day but in doing that you know the first lantern um absorbs enough energy from sinestro and then also his planet so that he's finally powerful enough he turns back the clock a couple of seconds so that sinestro actually hadn't saved the universe or saved his planet and now Korrigar is destroyed. Uh, everybody on it is dead, except for Sinestro. Uh, all these Korrigarians that are now dead are entering into the dead zone. And uh, Hal witnesses this, and he's like, you know, there's no other way. You know, it's, you know, I have to do this, and he, he jumps off. Um, so now he's dead in the dead zone. Um the first lantern is powered up enough. He can now, you know, the reality is his to control. And now Sinestro is face to face with his yellow power battery, you know, and uh, I guess he's thinking fear is the only way to uh, kind of do things on his terms. Okay. So, note that Sinestro just lost Korrigar, yeah. and note that his voice bubble is or inner monologue is going from green to yellow and remember that by the time you guys get to issue 20 I won't say anything more other than the fact that I've seen pages from Green Lantern 20 I will not tell you where I saw them <laughs> when I saw them but Green Lantern 20 is actually going to be if, if the pages I saw are any indication Green Lantern 20 is actually going to make some of this make sense or if you've seen Green Lantern Core 20, which is the epilogue that came out before Green Lantern 20. You probably there, also know. No. There, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just referring to what you what you guys know that I've told you. I'm referring to other stuff I didn't tell you. Alright, let's okay. stop talking about the 20s. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> I, either way, I really love that ending two pages of his inner monologue where it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... It's it's just great. Like I love it when we get a really emotional reaction out of Sinestro beyond just like blind rage at something, you know. Like, and I I love the fact that he's gonna be going back to yellow, just because like it like it, it's so just justified at this point because his you know willpower failed him when he needed it most. He, it, like so he's going to like. He basically wants to go back to what he built for himself instead of using the Guardian's ring on the Guardian's terms. The one of the one of the things that was like, I guess, a little lost in the the two different art styles <clears throat> is that when they when they show you know the people coming into the dead zone, like if if one of those women is supposed to be Arsona, you can't really tell. <clears throat> well, well, yeah, you can. It's the girl in the front. There's... Yeah, but I mean, like, 
That's not necessarily her. There's a girl in the it front? Could, literally, it could be anybody. Oh, right there. Okay. Absolutely her. Okay. I mean, what I mean, the, the all I really cared about this was like you could tell there was like a lot of people flooding in who had just died, and like that's all I really needed. I still I love the fact that they use a di- completely different art style for this completely different world that is supposed to be all like bleak and death filled and uncomfortable. Yeah, so in this in this issue, they're attributing Aaron Sir's death to Manhunters searching for Sinestro, and, you know, and that's how she dies, as opposed to the uh, the Civil War that was on Korrigar that they attributed to, like, I don't know. Two years ago, three years ago, max. Yeah. I mean, those two things could even be happening, could even like overlap. I don't know. I mm-hmm. it's one of those like every now and then they'll give us like a really b- brief flashback to that moment, and each time it's been long enough that I don't remember anything about the last time. So like that detail was completely lost on me. So I'm like, okay, whatever. She died, Manhunters. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like. Well, not for nothing, but why would Manhunters be after <coughs> Sinestro? Like, why would the Guardians send Manhunters after Sinestro? Well, we... Given, like, you know, the problems that they had with the Manhunters previously. Like, they completely, dis- you know, disbanded the Manhunters. They said, okay, no more Manhunters. But we're going to send the Manhunters to go get Sinestro. I mean, like, that doesn't make any sense. Or is... I mean, how much do we know about the history of the core in this new universe? How old is the core? Because <laughs> is do we do we really know how old the core is? I mean, what did the Manhunters attack Riot, and were they still in, you know, in com- command of uh, in, in command of uh, under the command of the Guardians, and then the Green Lanterns were created a little while after. Well. The Manhunters like, were shut down after the whole thing with Krona. Like, they, they started the Manhunters, and then it's like, oh, shoot, they just wiped out an entire <laughs> sector. Which, as we know, as Atrocitus is so old, happened, like, you know, I don't know, millions of years ago. Well, no, it, in the New 52, is he is he really that old? In the New 52, yes, Atrocitus is that old. And that's how long ago the Manhunter Massacre happened, which okay. is when the Guardian, the Guardians, you know, <laughs> knocked them out. So, I mean, even if the Guardians didn't create the Green Lantern Corps, you know, right after that, even if they waited, like, you know, a really long time, they still disbanded, you know, and stopped using the Manhunters millions of years ago. Well, yeah, but aren't there stories of, like, rogue Manhunters? Constantly. There's always pockets of Manhunters out there. Oh, yeah, there's pockets of Manhunters, but not, you know, not being utilized by the Guardians. I'm looking at this now, and it doesn't actually say the Guardians sent them. Yeah, it just says the the Manhunters murdered her, the Manhunters whom the Guardians themselves built, and never said they were sent after. Like, maybe the Guardians. Like, maybe the Guardians. Like, it doesn't, like, it might not even be, like, 
like a hard line anymore of like okay this ended then then this began like they could have started rolling out the Green Lantern Corps as they were beginning to decommission the Manhunters who were already going nuts so they were flying all over the universe and you couldn't get all of them at once so they were going after the Green Lanterns as like their replacements or whatever a threat okay. to their Kind of like the Third Army, one 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 army taking out the other and replacing them. The I mean, Guardians couldn't get yeah. get rid of all the Manhunters themselves, so they had they started the Green Lantern Corps. In the first few, the Green Lantern Corps went after the Manhunters. Like, if it's rogue Manhunters, then okay, yeah, that's fine. But but I mean, again, that begs the question as far as like why they would go after. You know, Sinestro. I don't know. It's just. Well, and there's, for all we know, Sinestro spent a good deal of his time just like kicking around the universe, blowing up Manhunters. So they saw him as a t- prime target. I don't, I don't know. I th- just... We're giving this way more time than it deserves. This is like, I don't know. She's she's dead. That's all that matters. She's dead. Bad well, shit happened to Korrigar. She's dead. There it is. Well, I have a question, just because, well, we, I don't know a lot, as much about the Green Lantern universe as you guys do. Um, when uh, the First Lantern does his atypical splitting into all your past incarnations yeah. costume thing, that middle one, the only time I remember seeing that mm-hmm. uniform on Sinestro is um, in, uh, Twilight. Emerald Twilight. yeah, Emerald, Emerald Twilight when Hal snaps his neck. Yep. Is that the only time Sinestro's ever worn that costume, or was, or was there something else? I think that's it. That's it. I think we even okay. see the... Yeah, we see the Hal snapping his neck panel right under the Arsona death panel. Yeah, but he's... He, I don't think he's snapping his neck. <clears throat> I think he's subduing him, because I think... Sin, well, I know the Guardians can't be trusted. Sinestro and Vendorite, this isn't about them. You've become everything you taught me not to be. Dick transformed Korrigar and did. You're ruling them. Okay, so yeah, he's he's taking out Sinestro, but he's not killing him like on on Oa, oh, okay. going after the power. He's 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 taking him away from leadership on Korgar. So that's not that's not <laughs> him taking snapping his neck. Yeah. So yes, that one costume that that Sinestro only wore during Emerald Twilight, which now didn't really happen. Or they could be signifying that it maybe did. That's that's my whole point of bringing it up. If he if, if there was no other storyline where he wore that costume, then why bring this put this there? And it could also be that he just hasn't had that many costumes. Or yeah, it's true. like this is basically it. Yeah. I, you know, actually, I think Chad might be onto something because if. If the if the first lantern he sees you know your your past incarnations, but we also know that he sees the possibilities. So you know like it, this may end up being the old DCU. <laughs> yeah, like he might be seeing shades of these characters that you know no longer exist right now, but once did. Are you saying there's a chance? That maybe Warrior didn't happen in the New Fifty Two. Well, that's what yes. I'm saying. Like there could be possibilities, yes. you know, because hmm. in Green Lantern Corps, 
like they also had a guy with the yellow ring, which mm-hmm. we don't necessarily know that happened in the new fifty two also okay you know so and uh I think they they had a bunch of you know Kyle incarnations they didn't have the original ion incarnation um which out of all of them that one probably is more probably actually I don't know now. Well, between between Guy, John Stewart, Hal, and Kyle, Kyle really has had the most different costumes. I think. I mean, I know Guy had his, you know, <laughs> stupid bull haircut, yellow ring, leather jacket days, and stuff like that. But I think Kyle had a lot of different incarnations. So it, you you're kind of limited in what you could choose. But that, at the same time, they still decided to put like toddler Kyle in there. So right. yeah, and I think that's a a big part of the design element of those kind of pages comes down to, all right, Sinestro only has three outfits ever. Oh, wait, here's one different one he wore this one time. Throw it in there. Because we can't have just, like, two two Sinestros in a line. Unless we're going to start having, like, grade school Sinestro and fetus Sinestro. Well, I mean, they could have done, like, what they did with Kyle and just have, like, younger versions of Sinestro. Yeah. But, I don't know, the fact that they did this, I think, does kind of open the door to allowing the First Lantern to kind of, like, rewrite New 52 history to align it with Old 52 continuity. Yeah. If he wanted to. I mean, this, I mean, this character could end up being, like, like we talked about last time, Jeff Johns likes these like really powerful cosmic characters that are like a a more like metatextual commentary on comics or comic fans or whatever. So like he like him picking and choosing what reality he wants, like I think that's exactly what we're supposed to take from him. Whether or not they're going to use that in story to explain anything larger in the DC universe, uh, I don't know, let's see if he's still around after Green Lantern 20. Mm. Speaking of changes, though, this is the first time we've seen Volthoom change something and have it stick. How do we feel about Korrigar going away? Well, when I first read it, I wasn't sure it was real. Because, you know, so many of those scenarios, and granted we only saw a few of them for a couple of issues, so many of those scenarios did last for a couple of pages. Yeah. So I I didn't I wasn't sure if it was real and then then I saw you know I started reading a lot closer because frankly the I think we can all admit these past few issues including these have been a little lackluster mm. so honestly when I've been reading these issues I'm not really reading every word <laughs> and looking at every panel I'm just kind of gleaning all the basic information from it so when I finally actually read the book every word bubble and every panel. When, you, when I finally got to him saying reality is mine now and all of this, I, I knew it, it was real. Yeah. I mean, the fact, just the fact that they ended on it and left it there, that, that made me feel like, wow, that happened. Like, like, screw the cover. That was the what the fuck moment of this issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the yellow battery is secondary to the fact that they just destroyed one of the most prominent planets in Green Lantern Mythos. Yeah, they- they, Wait a they second, and John Stewart wasn't even involved. No, no, listen. We are going to, Volthoom style, we're going to rewrite history and say that John did it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to we're gonna plant, we'll plant a big green gun on him. He'll be great. 
Jon Stewart's gonna he's gonna get to this planet and be like, damn it, I missed another opportunity. Green Lantern number well, twenty. Jon Stewart's just gonna punch the first Lantern in the gut and like curse him off for stealing his thing. <laughs> Jon Stewart's gonna get there. He's going to take the first Lantern's powers and he's gonna say. Now let's suppose that I did this instead of you. <laughs> he's like, he'll, he'll rewind time again and like restore Korgar and Sinestro will be like, oh my god, I was wrong about humans all along, and then blow it up. Yeah. Uh, can, can I, um, I don't know if this actually happens here. When you see Sinestro kind of in the fetal position floating in space, there's some debris behind him other than just the chunks of planet. I'm going to take this opportunity to voice something I've always had, even when I was little, when I saw comics destroying planets. Um, wouldn't it just be chunks of the planet? Like, there wouldn't be leftover pieces of building or body parts oh. or anything like that. I mean, the planet was essentially vaporized. Oh, yeah. Oh, we will if, talk if, about debris in New Guardians. Believe you me. If, if something was utterly destroyed... A planet. The explosive force to shatter a planet would only leave the planet's debris, not the the creatures that inhabit it or the the cities or anything like that. It would just be chunks of rock. And if, for the sake of argument, something else did survive, it would be thrown like halfway across the solar system and keep going forever. It wouldn't linger. I mean, like, looks like a. Like a battery? Yeah. Oh well, you know what? Sinestro can call that to him. I'm I'm willing to give Sinestro and his yellow battery the benefit of the doubt because these are like magic-y space force field things that can like protect you and come to you when you call it. So it's like okay, that's fine. But like, there's like, like in New Guardians, there's like halves of people. Like no, no. Mm. <laughs> so this is I don't even remember if I said this or not. This is the first time we've seen Volthoom change something and have it stick, right? Did I say that already? Yes. All right. Yay, yeah. you just Yay, me. <laughs> well, I'm old now, so, you know, I forget these things. Uh, uh, the one thing that I wanted to bring up was that uh, this is the first time that we've seen Volthoom change something and it actually sticks. Dude, really? What do you, yeah, what really. do, you do? <laughs> uh. Next issue... Yes. Oh, this is a buy, by the way. Mm. Hi, Borrow. Low buy. you guys? All right. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I thought was kind of funny was that the uh, the picture of Abin, uh, not Abin, Arin and Sinestro in his, like, uh, personal quarters, his underground lair thing. The Sinestro cave. Um, yeah, the Sinestro cave. <laughs> it's still kind of, like, destroyed from when he kind of, like, you know, destroyed it back when Hal was yeah. there. You, you were getting honest for rating it what we did. Honestly, what what plays into my rating of these books now is the fact that the creative teams are leaving. I feel like every issue, you know, the at least the last three of every, of every one of these individuals' runs or last five or something like that should be just epic. I mean, if they're all leaving, they should just, especially Jeff, I should just be like, holy fuck, on every <laughs> issue. But it's not that way. Yeah, I understand that. I, should, I shouldn't have to wait for the 
seven dollars sixty page Green Lantern twenty. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to judge it like on a case by case basis with this stuff. And this is this is like one of the first Green Lantern issues since we had that good three issue run with Simon Baz where I felt like I was reading a good Jeff Johns comic again. Not a great one by any means, but like mm. a good one. And like like I said, like I I was really interested by the fact that he actually blew up Vulcan, I mean Korogar, and that and I again I really enjoyed that final two page sequence and hell killed Hal Jordan this issue. How can I not give it a buy? Uh, Alright, Green Lantern Core 19. Pierre J. Tomasi, Fernando Passar, and Scott Hanna. Oh, that's a Mogo page, not a credits page. And others. That's probably at the back. Whatever. Alright. And, and the rest. <laughs> Here on Mogo's Isle. Alright. So, Volthoom is apparently on Oa, above the central battery, and that's where he's been kind of reaching out and touching everybody. Creepy. Uh, but Mogo, who is totally alive and back, remember, he shoots Mogo bits at everybody, and it's like it's like dirt and shit that's imbued with his willpower, so it's like blocking Volthoom's connection to everybody, and he's also encasing Volthoom in like this like tomb of Mogo bits, and then Mogo just sort of like sucks up everybody to his surface, except for Volthoom right now. <coughs> And he's basically wants to give them, like, a reprieve to get their shit together so they can, you know, get back in the fight and show Volthoom who's boss. Uh, but Volthoom follows them to Mogo, uh, does something, and all of a sudden, the Green Lantern Corps, who is, like, they don't have anything left. Now they're being assaulted by this army of red and yellow and black constructs like of themselves like like there's like red lantern guy gardener construct with a construct chainsaw that we all love and like that kind of thing and we've got this big balls of the wall like eight page fight scene where like the green lantern core is just literally battling against their worst fears and hate and, 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 like, <laughs> by the time, like, eventually they get, they kind of, like, the spark gets relit in them and they're, like, holding their own again. And then all of a sudden, the co- the constructs stop. It's like they just stopped fighting. And Mogo's like, gotcha! It was me all along! You've been punked! Ah. Mogo, Volthoom is still, I suppose, locked in that dirt ball above the central battery. And Mogo was, like, he's basically using his super Mogo powers to manifest all these fake constructs to get them to to basically confront all the worst parts of themselves to get them fired up enough to to fight and win against Balthoom. Because they had, like, it wasn't about their ring power, like, personally and emotionally. They had nothing left. They could barely stand. So, you know, with that knowledge... I get this. You would think they would be more mad at Mogo, but whatever. They reaffirm their dedication with oaths and whatever, and they're about to head back to Oa to fight the real Volthoom. The best part of this <clears throat> is when they say Green Lantern's light, 
and uh, it's supposed to be like a word bubble coming from uh, every source. One of those is directly coming from <laughs> the Star Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she said the oath. She said the oath with them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. This was like. This was a big dumb fight book with like a weird twist at the end, but at the same time, I really had fun with it because, like, again, like I know <clears throat> you guys have been hot and cold on Fernando Pissarin, but I love this guy's artwork. Like, I feel, as far as I'm concerned, this book losing him is just as bad as this book losing Tomasi, and I love the fact that he got at least this issue to just go nuts and have fun drawing like this huge lantern on lantern war. One more time. Hmm. I mean, there's and there's plenty of things in there where I'm like, oh, I get, I think that panel should have been before that one, but you know, it's a chaotic fight, so it doesn't even really matter. You know, <clears throat> Green Lantern Corps has been the most consistent of the four books, I think, and 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 not that you know it's consistently amazing, but it's I mean, the art stays the same, the storytelling stays the same, with occasional. You know, one part is better than another, but it's not so drastically better than another. It's just been consistent. But one thing I really hated about this book, and just, I mean, I'm not talking about the art, I'm just talking about the storytelling aspect, is the last page. I am sick to death of, and I didn't realize it until now, of the. Okay, the troops have gathered. Now let's take the fight to blank bad guy or bad guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it happened at the end of Blackest Night. It happened during War of the Green Lanterns. It happened during Sinestro Corps War. Like it happens all the time in the Lantern books. Actually, didn't it happen when they went to go fight the Keepers? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I am sick to death of the, the page turn and end of the end of the issue reveal of oh man they they you know they got their their uh, uh will to fight back and you know they they've regained their sense of purpose and now they're going to take the fight to the bad guy and we're going to finally see the resolution of this story like it happens all the fucking time and i'm so sick of it yeah, yeah. i mean it was it was cool every now and then to see that here we go shot i mean but it's done so much that it's lost its luster yeah I mean, I look at this last page, and it takes me right back to the cover of Green Lantern Corps Recharge number one, where it was just Hyle, uh, Guy, Kyle, and Kilowog doing this on the cover. And, like, I look at this page, and, like, I I see, like, all of the, all of, like, well, not all of, but the majority of these characters were, like, main characters under Tomasi's run. You know, like, it, back when we, re- we reviewed, um was the final Third Army issue, the annual, whichever book that was, I don't care. I don't know, I think it was Green Lantern Corps Annual 1, where, you know, there was that one panel where they're rallying the troops under Oa, and who shows up? Oh, it's it's Saranic and Ayalande and Isamad and Vath. Like, like, these are the characters that, that used to be Tomasi's characters that he's kind of gotten away from in the New 52, but, you know, maybe this is his last chance to assemble them together on page before he's done so he took so he took it and like this to me feels like kind of like a a conclusion before the conclusion kind of moment where like he's he's not going to get to write the end of 
any other story, really. So he's just taking this moment now. And he's throwing all of his characters into it. <laughs> um, I thought this was useless. I, the, and I, honestly, the only WTF, the only what the fuck about this cover is that it's awful looking. I mean, aside from, like, the Mogo part is kind of cool looking. But the rest of the art is just, like, weird. Kilowog's face. Kilowog's face is the pose of his body. Um, the Even the rest of the characters all look weird on this cover. Um, it's a bad cover. Um, and then the rest of the issue is just, you know, okay, um... I'm going to give you a break. Uh, oh, but here comes different colored versions of you to fight. And, you know, oh, now they're gone because now you have the will to continue fighting. I mean, like, like th- this is such a throwaway issue. This is a throwaway issue. This is like, this is absolutely a pass. I mean, the art, don't get me wrong, like, Fernando Passarin, I've... I've long since been a supporter of his. I think he does great Green Lantern art. Uh, and I agree with Dan that, you know, he will be sorely missed. Um, but, like, those last pages, like, you know, part of me wonders if Pissarin has, like, some kind of deal going with Tomasi where he gets to do one of these, you know, full-page spreads of everybody charging up their ring, you know, every so many issues... Just so that he can, you know, sell it for three or four hundred dollars on, you know, the original art market, you know, because like that's what people want to buy. They want to buy a page with like, you know, Green Lanterns, you know, in their fists in the air and a whole bunch of them on a full page spread. But it's it's so pointless, you know. It's like we've seen it been done so many times at this point. It's like the movie. It's like the Green Lantern movie where, like, you know, we are that they. they yeah, they literally use the same exact scene and have the Green Lantern Corps, like, do this frickin' thing where they just shoot their rings out into space for no apparent reason, and they do it numerous times. <sighs> Pass. What'd you give it, Chad? Uh, low buy, I mean, a high bar or low buy, I mean... Like I said, Green Lantern Corps has been consistent for me since it's it's the most consistent of the new fifty two for me. I I agree with that. And even when the story is bad, it's still usually a decent read. Yeah. I think this is probably <laughs> the first time in either a long time or ever that I've given a Green Lantern book like just a pass. Just because there, there's literally, there is no point to this issue. Like, you could read the issue before this, and you can read the issue after this, and you will miss nothing. I give this a strong buy. I love this thing. This is easily the most fun and enjoyable First Lantern issue we have read, period, up to this point. And, you know, I don't think it's any big secret, this is my favorite Green Lantern book. These two guys are my favorite Green Lantern creative team that we've had for a long time. Like, everything that you guys used to feel about 
New Guardians when I didn't really get it. That's how I feel about these creators. So, like, you want to give me an issue where they're just, like, they're just, like, taking it aside to just have fun with their characters? Yep. Awesome. I'm never, I'm probably never going to get a new one again, and I reveled in it while I had it. So I really like this. This is a big, big buy. This issue runs the gamut. <laughs> a pass, a borrow, and a buy. Yep. Chad has to pee. Hey, James. <laughs> pee break. James, Chad has to pee. It's a pee break. <laughs> he typed it so no one would know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's a dirty guy. Whatever. So I saw Star Trek today. Oh, man. I haven't even seen Iron Man yet. You should. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? Which? The Star oh, Trek. I saw both. I saw Iron Man last week. I saw Star Trek today. Star Trek was good. I th- I won't spoil anything. It. I think it, w- it suffered a little from being too explodey. But, but like they did, they were doing like a lot of really interesting character stuff. That you know, I don't know. I, I kind of want to watch it again, mm-hmm. so I can like not focus on on like, because I was engaged by the plot to the point that I was kind of just focusing on that a lot. Once mm-hmm. the, like once the movie got going, but yeah, I liked it. <clears throat> Is it weird that in my head, whenever I see that Chris Pine is in another movie, I imagine that it's just like Kirk on an away mission where he can't tell anybody he's from space? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's like, no, we can't, we can't tell the Mafia planet that we're from a spaceship in the future. That would ruin their Mafia planet evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Spa, we have to worry about the prime directive. <laughs> Actually, didn't they not have the prime directive back then? Oh, no, I think they did. Kirk just didn't care. <laughs> it does come up in this movie, though. Like, this movie... You know, I, I don't know if you saw it, but... Um, no spoilers. No, I'm up. not. I don't know if you saw or not, but J.J. Uh, Abrams the other day was on The Daily Show, and he admitted that growing up he w- couldn't get into Star Trek. But, like, you know, if, oh, eventually yeah. he did. But everybody was going nuts over that. But, um... As I'm watching this movie, like, way more so than the last movie, like, I think this has so many, like, nods to hardcore fans in it. Like, I'm not even a hardcore fan, and I could... I recognize, like, a shit ton of stuff. That I'm like, oh, well, really? This is the guy people are getting upset about? Come on. Yeah. All right, New Guardians. Yep. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. New Guardians number nineteen, written by Tony Bedard, art by Andre Winaldo. Uh, okay, so we start out with. Uh, Kyle hanging around the uh, the wreckage of 
Korrigar, uh, looking at a statue of Sinestro, um, babbling about shadows. And uh, we see uh, three hours earlier, Carol had uh, went to go check on Kyle because um, I guess the first lantern got to her. So, uh, you know, she wanted to make sure that he was okay. Um, and he's like, oh, no, we have to warn, you know, the rest of the crew. Uh, of course, it's too late. The First Lantern already got to all of them. But um, what happens is now is that he, you know, his ring is able to locate Sinestro. So they immediately go to Korrigar, which is why, you know, they opened there. Kyle can see all of the uh, the shadows of the people that once were alive um, on Korrigar. Um, and yeah, you see lots and lots and lots of corpses and half of corpses floating around in space. Uh, and uh, then out of nowhere, Sinestro comes and uh, you know attacks them. He instantly um, guesses that Kyle is in uh, in cahoots with uh, the First Lantern, because that would be the only way that he could get uh, a White Lantern ring. Um, and uh, I guess just as he's about to, you know, take back the White Ring, uh, Kyle gets uh, Sinestro is about to take back the White Ring from Kyle. Kyle gets an assist from Bidge and. Simon Baz, although Simon Baz can't really do anything because his ring can't hurt Sinestro. So, uh, they, uh, they talk Kyle into trying to resurrect Korrigar with his White Lantern ring. Um, and at first he's like, you know, no, I can't do that. He's like, oh, you know, I guess I'll try. So he, he kind of does it, like, so that you see, like, the shade of everything there. But he can only open the door, he says. They have to actually want to walk through and be alive again. But they don't want to. So, uh, that fails. So, what does Sinestro do? He just goes over and rips the ring right off Kyle's hand. You know, because Kyle is not putting up any resistance whatsoever. Uh, and then Kyle's about to suffocate and die until Carol you know, puts a force field around him. Now Sinestro is about to use the ring to try and bring back Korrigar, but the ring flies off his hand. He's like, no, I don't think so. This ain't going to work. Flies onto Simon <laughs> Baz's hand, for God only knows what reason. Um, and he tries for a second, and then the ring flies off him, back onto Kyle's hand, and... Uh, then Sinestro says, that's it, you're not worth my time, there's only, you know, there's only one way for me to fix this mess, and he calls his yellow battery to him, and then uh, he flies off to either kill the First Lantern or the Guardians. And that's that. I feel like they really nailed the characterization in this issue. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious, because look, Serious. Seriously. Sinestro just lost his planet. He is re he is reacting. He is like flipping the sh the hell out. And that's what he should be doing. Kyle and, and and he's even looking for anyone he can possibly take it out on. 
doesn't matter if it make, doesn't make sense who he takes it out on. That's what you do when your world when your world is literally destroyed in front of you. Kyle, he's now like he's super attuned to life now with powers he's had for like an hour and a half, and he's immediately put into like a big, big space of like the recently dead, and it's it's he doesn't know how to handle that yet. Carol just found out that you know, while she's been looking for Hal, he's dead. So she's like shaken by that. Simon and Bidge are just kind of like, I we don't know what's happening. Why did this go? They're they're kind of confused, which is where they should be in all of this. And then it just it, it just explodes and Sinestro leaves. You know, this I don't know. It felt like everybody in this issue felt like they were acting right. <clears throat> I mean like it feels like Kyle was like written as like a complete pushover. I mean like for what he is capable of now and for what he is now in tune with that I understand that he would be affected by all the death in this area but to just like to no longer have any willpower whatsoever you know like he you know he basically trained for the past however long he's been in the DCU to harness willpower and now it's just like i can't do anything yeah willpower isn't the issue everything else is you know like he like and again he's only, we've we've been like from our perspective he's had this white ring for like half a year now from his perspective, it probably has been like a couple hours, and you you take some like uh, like he you you stick somebody with life pat like he is a life lantern now he is all about the power of life, and then you stick him in the middle of the horrific death of billions of people all at once. And that's, especially if he doesn't know how to really use his powers yet, that's going to kick the shit out of him. After he's, like, actually trained with this and has a better grasp on it, he probably would be able to hold it together. But this, like... I don't know, like, like it, it it makes sense. Plus he... Plus he lets... He let Sinestro take the ring right off of his finger. Yeah, and there was yeah, and I'm saying he there wasn't anything he could do about it. He was so fucked up from being around that much death in one shot, it crippled him. Plus, he had just finished getting fed on by Volthoom, and we saw what that did to Guy and the others in the last Green Lantern Core issue. I don't understand why the ring would fly onto Simon Baz's hand if it was incompatible. I mean, like, obviously they did that to provide us with the what-the-fuck moment in this issue. But, I mean, aside from that... Yeah, I think that was it. Like, they needed something for the cover, so they came up with that. I feel like they tried to justify it a little with him saying, like, hey, you know, I, I brought somebody back to life, sort of, before... Yeah, but not really. Yeah. What'd you think of the art? <clears throat> it was it was different. 
I didn't think it was bad. Um, I mean, I think the way that they drew Sinestro occasionally was a little, hmm. um, almost cartoony. But I didn't have a huge problem. The I guess my biggest problem with it is that this person, it almost looked like they were drawing Kyle based on, like, their version of that awful artist that was drawing Kyle, where, like, the goggles take up, like, you know, all of his face and stick a mile off. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, he does kind of have a Cyclops visor still. But it's, you know, it's a lot more bearable than that guy's Oh, art. yeah. I mean... I forget the name of the last guy we've had for a few months, but, like, he kept drawing Kyle with, like, this really long face with a giant forehead and huge long nose and all this crap, but it's like, to me, this looks more like classic Kyle than we've had in a long time. Yeah. Kind of wish this guy uh, had been drawing this book for the last six months. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I would totally be cool with that. Um, it looks like there might be an issue with the coloring, in terms of Carol's costume, because a lot of scenes, her uh, the star on her chest almost looks like it's flesh tone. Especially like that last page of the story. I'm looking through. I don't know. I didn't notice it. Yeah, I mean, like, in the beginning, the very beginning of the story, it looks like, uh, you know, like, the normal color. Oh, yeah, the full um, page has that one panel. So, but, I mean, a few, a few of the panels <laughs> does look a little... <clears throat> a lot. It's Will Quintana doing the, the color, uh, and that name doesn't sound familiar to me, so... No. Probably somebody new. They probably just got a bunch of fill-in guys since they go into the transition. Yeah. I will say though, I really love the after the title page, that top page with Carol flying through the water. Yeah. <clears throat> like it's a good shot. I like the water effect. I love how they like blurred her slightly to imply speed and like kind of overwashed her with with her own light. Like, it was a it was a really nicely done panel. Yeah, that was interesting. The one before that, the actual title page, um, two things with that. One, it looks like there's a planet <laughs> exploding in the background. Yeah, those that, that happens. That's Vulcan. <laughs> I, the only thing that I can imagine is that since Korrigar exploded, the impact on like a neighboring planet caused that to be, get half exploded, uh, exploded also. Well, what happened was John showed up late and was like, oh, well... I mean, I came all this way. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that the statue of Sinestro, it doesn't look like a Green Lantern symbol on his Yeah, his, chest. his emblem's like sideways. <laughs> hey, Chad. Yeah. That statue's still there. <laughs> yeah, so are people holding hands and a little kid's backpack and a subway system and an old man and his walker. And the only damage this statue sustained was losing one hand. Right. Conveniently not the one with the ring on it. 
Uh, well, it turns out this statue is made out of adamantium, and they had to take the hand off a few months earlier because they needed the adamantium for something else. Of course. That's why it survived. The force of a planet exploding enough to eject you off the surface of the planet and into the void of space would eject you (laughs) through whatever remaining atmosphere or fire or something else out there. There would be nothing left (laughs) but chunks of planet. I don't get why they have to throw corpses floating around in space. Oh, it's for the visual effect. It's stupid. Well, I mean... If you look at the page where Kyle first talks about Koragar being like this lush world with people that you know aren't actually bad people, and then you you know you see the kids accidentally hitting the guard in the head with a ball, and they're like, "Oh shit, is he gonna kill us?" But you know they just smile and give the ball back. Those are the bodies floating around on the next page. So they were trying to go for like a uh, wow, these people used to be alive and happy, and now their corpses floating in a vacuum kind of kind of thing. <laughs> could happen to anybody yeah. yeah it was they went for like a super heavy-handed kind of thing at the expense of what passes for logic in a superhero comic but, <laughs> I, uh, I really love the shot where the white ring just mi- liquefies and melts off sinestro's finger and it's like it turned it's like it's like filling the sky around him with like with life, basically, with, like, amoebas and bacteria and cells and stuff. That's yeah. a really cool visual. I like the fact that we got a lot of close-ups of the ring. You know, like, because I think they showed it maybe, like, twice up close where you actually could see the life symbol, but I don't know, like, I like the fact that we did get, like, you know, a, a hard confirmation that this is, in fact, now a White Lantern ring that actually can go on somebody else and still be a White Lantern ring. Which also makes me wonder that if you give Kyle any ring now, could he turn it into a White Lantern ring? Hmm. Maybe. He probably could. Maybe. <coughs> And I, I actually, I, really, I thought it was actually kind of a cool idea that, you know, Sinestro saw Volthoom first and then saw Kyle with the ring. So he assumed Kyle got the ring from Volthoom, which, you know, was, to be fair, fueled by his, you know, freaked the fuck out by his planet being destroyed. But, like, I'm like, huh, I wouldn't have thought of that. That, that is a good reason for them to fight for a second. <laughs> they don't even need a reason to fight for a second, though. It's it's Kyle and Sinestro. Yeah. I gotta, like, okay. At this point, they're worse enemies than Sinestro and Hal. Everybody's worse. Sinestro and Simon are worse enemies than Sinestro and Hal. <laughs> and incidentally, I forgot to bring it up before, but I thought it was great that Sinestro pulled a gun on Simon in the title page of Green Lantern this month. It was like, eh, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> Turnabouts, fair play. Yeah. Uh, I think I would give this a low buy. Low borrow. Buy. This was fun. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in love with the characterization of Kyle, <laughs> but there were enough other points to this that 
were interesting enough. And we didn't actually have to deal with the first lantern. So yeah. Yeah. That was nice. yeah, I feel like this issue got back to basics. You know, like, this book started out as the series where multicolored lanterns are going to interact in the universe. And yeah. now that's what this issue was again. Plus we got some fiddling around with the white lantern power, which we wanted to see happen for a long time. And it was just, it was a good character issue with lots of, like, flashy, powering stuff to keep it interesting. So, Red Lanterns? (sighs) (laughs) Oh, man. Red Lanterns 19 by Peter Milligan, writer, Will Conrad, artist, Rain Bear Bear Burrito. (laughs) Taco Truck of Justice! (laughs) Uh, Dave Sharp Letterer and, you know... Some editors who don't know what they're doing. Uh, let's see oh. here. Um, we open with uh, Rancor chasing his girlfriend who apparently loves him enough that, uh, or he loves her enough already that he's chasing her out and please baby don't leave me kind of stuff. And she's terrified of him and calls him a monster but then a couple of panels later tells him he's actually kind of hot. But he already has a girlfriend so bye. And... Um, <laughs> Then you go back into the apartment and Bleeze is squatting on a coffee table for no reason and then it's like, hey, now give me your blood. And then Atrocitus, you know, comes over and says, hey, uh, calling all Red Lanterns, uh, I had a chance to uh, create a reality or partake in creating a reality where Riot was saved and the massacre of 666 never happened, and, but I turned it down, so you guys got to kill me now. And everybody's like, well, should we kill him? Well, he wants us to kill him, so I guess we should. And then the um, the uh, inversions hear it, and nothing really happens there. Uh, and then uh, the cat hears it and goes after Atrocitus. And then the Manhunters are like, uh, we think you're making a grave error ordering your own death. It, that was... Well, um, ill-considered, because, you know, Manhunters have to stumble around for their words. Uh, and then Atrocitus gets mad and grabs one of them by the throat, thus cutting off his windpipe of a robot. Uh, and he starts to choke. And then uh, the, uh, the Red Lanterns show up and save the life of this robot who is suffocating from air, uh, lack of air. And they start going after Atrocitus, and Atrocitus is like, yeah, yeah, kill me, I'm dying. Oh, at two, Dexstar. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then somewhere out of nowhere, Atrocitus is like, wait, actually, I need to live. And uh, starts fighting back. And he gets stronger and then fights some more and asks for more fighting. And then he's like, you've killed Atrocitus, but the but only name because I, I'm a different Atrocitus than I was before. And now I'm a new Atrocitus. But before I can be this new Atrocitus, I have to go take out the Guardians because that's not what the old Atrocitus wanted, although, wait a second, it was. And then the Red Lanterns who were just fighting him were like, wait, wait, uh, we'll come with you. And he's like, eh, okay. And then they go, we'll go to Oa and bathe in Guardian blood. And uh, don't miss out on Green Lantern 20. Right. You guys ready for the part where I tell you why this is also a buy? Okay. I almost agree with you, but go for it. I was going to say, I'm not going to, because this was not about (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all right. Now, is the idea here that Atrocitus sank so far into self-hatred 
that it just reinvigorated him with hate? Or was he was he absorbing the hate from the others? Like what what happened there? Okay. Well first off, it's it's all nonsense. Because, um, I mean like this the story is just absolutely ridiculous. But in the moment of everybody, you know, attacking him with such rage, um, you have like this one point where Whereas the Earth Lantern is flying in, he says the word rage. And that's the trigger. And Tross is like, uh? What? Rage? What? Wait, wait, wait. I know, I yes, know that I one. Finally see. I know that one. What? That's, um, that's when you want a sandwich, right? No, that's hunger. What? Damn it. What, what's rage? <laughs> so, I, I guess what they're trying to say is that. Okay. It's written poorly, but the, the message is that when this issue, when this, when this uh, comic started, like Atrocitus was so like so into himself and his own rage and self pity because he couldn't kill Crona. I mean, like we discussed this, at, you know, in, at Infinitum, he would have monologues about how bad he felt that he couldn't kill Crona. He is so self obsessed that. You know, like, there were times where he just, you know, he wasn't even sure that he, you know, had enough rage anymore. And it's like, oh, you know, and he's, like, basically coming up with these, like, these shitty little ideas to keep himself going. But now, you know, with with everybody attacking him with such rage, and he can feel their rage, like, he's basically, he realizes now that it was never about him. It was about all of them together and all of their rage to the point that, you know, they must, you know, they must back each other and, you know, fuel each other for all of their rage, you know, and then go right the wrongs of the universe. You know how I I summarize this issue on Twitter? Red Lantern's... And 140 characters. Oh, and far less. Red Lantern's 19. Basically, Atrocitus has a big, dumb midlife crisis. (laughs) You made me want to kill you for that. I hate you. (laughs) And he looks surprised that Rage Kitty showed up. He's like, I'm giving you all a holy order to kill me. Uh, Oh, oh, he's killing me. After I, all I did was give him one holy order. All right. I don't think that he was, he wasn't like mad or angry or even sad. I think he was basically proud because the cat was so obedient. Oh. I think he was happy that Rage Cat was there to help in the killing of him. Well, and it's a good thing that he told us that he couldn't feel until a certain point here, because there was no emotion in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I... I it's oh, it's written very, very bad. Um, but like I said, I, the message behind <laughs> it, the concept, is actually a decent concept. It's just, it's, they, you know, he goes about it in such a god-awful way. 
So, when did Zilius Zox get regular sized legs? Like this morning, I guess. <laughs> or how about a, a like a giant head in the same, you know, shape of a regular human's head? <coughs> and and also, he's not much bigger than Atrocitus's fist. And when does Scalix grow his his hand back? Ah, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so stupid. Like I, I love how like the inversions. Were, are ba- they basically, they're like, they overhear Atrocitus giving the kill order through Scalix's ring. And they're like, did you just tell all those people to... Ratchet. Whatever. Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, Ratchet. He's, he's great. He, they, they, he gives the kill order, they hear it, and they're like, did he just give the kill order for himself? What the fuck, our bullshit, go kill him! <laughs> Guess we don't have to do that plan after all, guys. Let's leave. Yeah, yeah, it it does nothing. Like, literally, okay, he's like, okay, we're going to go ahead. Quill says we're going to go ahead as planned and make Ratchet our puppet. And then Roxanne or Roxanne or whatever her name is, whatever. She says, well, actually, that'd be a waste of magic because he's going to kill him anyways. So go ahead and do that. Like, there's no advance (laughs) of the inversion plot. Like, there is no point to this page. It advances no plot, therefore should not be there. It's just the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about them. They're still there in the background. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you know what? I I think the stupidest thing in this issue was the whole end of like, like, wait, 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 okay, okay, you guys, you, you guys, cut it out. You've done it. You killed me. I'm a new man now. You you gave me a metaphorical <laughs> death, you know, haha, metaphor. You like, if I was in the Red Lantern Corps, I would just pause for a second, look at the other guys, and keep trying to kill him. <laughs> like this yeah. is what this is like. Remember like the Simpsons episode where like they think Mr. Burns is an alien, and they're like, "Is an alien kill it?" And then they find out it's Mr. Burns, and they're just like, "Oh, is Mr. Burns kill it?" Like this is this is the same stupid. Uh, why did they really? Choking a robot didn't do it for you? No, because at, by this point, I just expect them to not know how robots work in this book. <laughs> if they had, I, I don't, if they showed me a robot eating a candy bar, I would uh, that that would fit in this book at this point. <laughs> What's up with the hail Hitler salute the uh, the Manhunters are doing? In the page where Atrocitus at the top says, "I finally feel." Why are the Manhunters... Like, there's nothing coming out of their fists. They're not joining the fight. Like, wh- wh- what is happening there? <laughs> why Why is their fist raised? And they're just happy, so they're fist bumping? <laughs> they're saluting him in his triumphant death? Or, like, what? what is happening there? Why is that happening? Why are they helping? Because you see him in the background of... Other, they, they, you see him in the background of other panels. They're just kind of standing there watching... And suddenly and out of nowhere, they have their fists raised, and you go, like, another page or two, and then they're still standing there regularly. I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) What happens is they're in the process of trying to call upon the power of uh, Manhunter Captain Planet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Power up. Water. Heart. Oh wait, we're robots. It's not gonna work. Power up. Nanobots. No, there's one manhunter that has like a robo puppy, so he has the heart. <laughs> now he's just holding somebody's heart that he ripped out of somebody else. Yeah, heart. This one, right? Heart. <laughs> like, dude, that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, my God. oh man. Oh god. And then this issue ends with the Red Lantern Corps flying off to do exactly what they should have done to end the third army story arc. <laughs> huh. Yeah, but again, with now with this ending, it's Atrocitus going off to attack, you know, the Guardians, but he's actually allowing the help of his his core as opposed to, you know, I have to go and take on the Guardians and you know, let me go build a Manhunter army. Yeah. You know, so that I can go do it myself with my, you know, robots. Yeah, but like, I, I, I mean, like when the I thought the third army thing was going to end with like all sides converging on Oa and having a, this huge epic battle, and Atrocitus just kind of like none of the Red Lanterns even went. They sent some Manhunters, whatever. That sucked. So I feel like we had to go through two separate story arcs to get to the potential conclusion that I wanted to get to a story arc ago. <sighs> my, favorite, my favorite new character is that four-armed red lantern. <laughs> I think I think he looks cool. <laughs> my favorite new character is the woman that's repulsed by uh, the Earth red lantern. But also turned on. But also <laughs> mad. I love how she was... But also scared. She was basically us in that, like... Like, he's like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm a Red Lantern. I disguised myself with a construct. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? That means nothing to me. You don't even look that bad. <laughs> You're actually pretty hot. Your girlfriend's a spider monster. Uh... No, actually, she's like an evil stepmother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. And I'm sorry, like, were you... I would think that in an issue where the focus is Atrocitus wants the Red Lanterns to murder him, we would get a lot more from Blaze in this issue, because she's wanted to murder him since issue, like, three? Yeah, but she's already tried, so... Oh, well, okay, as long as that's out of her system, because the Red Lanterns are good at putting shit behind them. <laughs> uh... Did anybody else think this was, like, a kind of, like, emotion... Was supposed to be, like, this emotional breakup? Didn't they just meet each other, like, a week or two ago? Yeah. I don't know how much time it's Less. Passed, but... Like, a day. <laughs> like, the day before, he saved her. And then the next day, he was going over her place and having a picnic or something like that. Yeah, like, they've been on a number of dates. It probably has been a few days to a week. Yeah, but it, the, this looks like... <laughs> For a moment there, I was trying to figure out if they shared an apartment together. <laughs> no, she just invited him over. She's a whore. <laughs> uh. They've known each other for a day. <laughs> <sighs> At least the art wasn't horrible in this book, other than Zillius Zox suddenly having strange-looking legs. Yeah, the the Zillia Zox thing, um, and 
I wasn't too big on how he draws Atrocitus, although I guess it's better than, you know, what we've been getting, where Atrocitus is just like, you know, he looks like a regular dude in red. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Sepulveda has been doing a good monstrous Atrocitus lately. Yeah, that's um, true. This, Before that. This though. guy's good, but I still think he makes him kind of look like the Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, Love that shot of Dexter when he's getting the call. It's just a really <laughs> good shot. He's just eating a dude. Yeah, I like to assume he's still just tooling around the universe, killing people with ch- uh, chin spikes because he thinks they're Midnighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, aside from like the difference, like, like the the Zox thing. <laughs> That's really something that an editor should have picked up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, we know how they work in the uh, the Green Lantern books, so <laughs> especially Red Lanterns. Um, I don't know. Like, I actually have to say, this is this is at least a high borrow for me. Yeah, I'll put this as a borrow. This this uh, this series is just like uh-huh. it's such lunacy, like. I almost enjoy reading this book just to see, like, what DC Comics is going to allow to get published <laughs> for yet another month. Yeah. I mean, this the issue is definitely more fun to talk about than it is to read. But at the same time, like, there have been issues in this book where we have just been, like, so angry and defeated and just emotionally... We've been as emotionally wasted as, like, a Volthoom victim after reading and talking about these the issues of this book. And, I don't know. I... Do you guys notice how much better the books got in the month where Volthoom isn't really in them? Yeah. Uh... I don't know. It's kind of sad to me that Red Lanterns is not the worst book of the month. For me, anyway. I'm really happy with this month. Like, for me, it is the worst book of the month, and it's a borrow. It's like, this is this is a great month, I think. Oh, boy. Well, it's nice to be done with that. Yep, and hey... Next round is it. Yep. After that, we stop reviewing Green Lantern new comics. Finally. Uh, Green Lantern 20 looks like it might be an epic payoff, but I don't know. I'm going to have to reread some of this stuff. And after I read after I read 20, go, was it really worth it? Hmm. I mean, just... Just for the amount of money we're going to have to spend on number 20, <laughs> it, it better be an epic book. But is it, is it, is, see, it now has to live up to was it worth these issues leading up into it <laughs> and the price tag? Yeah. I mean, the thing I'm just dreading, and it's kind of a cool thing, but I'm dreading it anyway, because, like, they're bringing back, like, every artist that's really helped define the Jeff Johns run. Like mm-hmm. Doug Monkey, Ethan Van Skyver, Evan Hayes, maybe someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I'll wait until I see it 
to make up my mind about it, but it just kind of sits wrong with me that Doug Monkey doesn't get that final big issue to himself. Because, like, he's, you know, he is the Green Lantern artist right now, you know? And I thought the fact that he wasn't on the book for a few issues meant that he was taking the time out to do the whole issue by himself. So when I saw, like, that news, I'm like, oh, well, that's a little disappointing. He never got, like, his big Green Lantern event issue. Uh, number 20 took a lot of time, and there's a lot of people involved in it. And I don't mean just the writer and the artists. There was, there was, there was a lot that went into that book. Okay. I just hope Monkey doesn't get get short-shifted. No, he, <laughs> his art looks good um, from what I've seen. So I, I think he definitely got a chance to get some good pages in that, you know, um, really showcase his talent. As long as there's no monkey shines. Oh, God. <sighs> uh. <Ooh>, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. That was that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you'd like to contact us, it's lanterncast at gmail.com or call us at 708lantern. Uh, you can go to lanterncast.com for all of our stuff, episode archives, contact information, forums, please register and talk to the great people that are there. Um, that's basically all of our stuff. Find us on iTunes, leave a review. You can badmouth chat if you want. That happens sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, hey, look. Always encourage. As that. long as the, the the opinion of you is inversely proportionate to the number of stars, they can trash you. All right, this is their. This is a free country, depending on where they are. Whatever. So, go do that. Well, don't trash out. What? Whatever. Fine. Go to landergas.com. Yeah. yeah. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah, Stitcher. We can be the voice of your car, because I think that's what, how Stitcher works. Yes. I know. <laughs> and since it's my birthday, I'm not going to plug this all the time, but I'm taking this opportunity. For well, some reason, I started a blog again, and I jumped on Twitter. So if anybody out there cares what I have to say beyond just Green Lantern stuff, it is Dan has a blog now. Dot blogspot.com and just go to Twitter and search Dan Kurtzke. And for what it's worth, and I know it's probably not interesting to that many of you, but I posted a topic on the forum called Green Lantern, the movie as it should have been. Um, and it's basically, if you ever saw that constructing Green Lantern from page to screen book, basically all the behind the scenes stuff that Green Lantern wanted to pick it up just so you could see what was originally planned for the movie i basically took all that stuff out of the book and put it into topics so you don't have to waste your money on the book would you call the book a waste of money though not really i mean i like this i like seeing the concept art i like um some of the you know quotes from actors and the behind the scenes talk about what they how much involvement they had how much mark strong was involved i really like the and i posted this in the in the forum uh, in this topic as well but I, I figured out by reading this book how involved Sarsgaard was in the portrayal of his character you know that kind of stuff so 
there's just a lot of cool stuff in, in that book. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into. I mean, they 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 talk for almost two pages about picking the right jacket for Hal to wear. Wow. You know, so like the, the despite the the fact that the movie basically bombed and sucked, it uh, there was a lot originally a lot of thought that went into it, and I'm sure if I watch it again after reading this book, I'll be able to point out and see all the stuff that I missed and, and really appreciate this, the background stuff that I didn't originally see and the amount of thought that went into it. You'll be able to hear the echoes of things hitting the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah, that book looks cool. Like, I always want to get it, but I always forget it exists. I, I think if I saw it for a decent enough price, I would pick it up, although I don't know that I would go and seek it out and try and find it for a low price. Hmm. Um, I think it's also probably worth mentioning that uh, in previews now, you can pre-order the Blue Lantern power battery. That's... That's, uh, I think it's like 200 bucks, but you could probably get it for like 135 on DCBS. That's that's how they're doing all of them. Now, realistically, how late do you think these are going to come out? Because they are rapid-fire soliciting these things. Like, they both... They did green. Green should actually, by the time this episode airs, green should be out. Um, they solicited yellow a few weeks after. They, orange. they yeah, and they solicited orange and blue back to back. And like all of these are targeted to come out before December of this year. Yeah, I think uh, I was talking to Mark about it, and he said that blue should be out in time for Christmas. Um, but I know, like, I think with the props, they don't go by the same amount of lead time as the, uh, the actual comics and previews, you know? So, like, if the battery was in previews three months ago, you know, it still could be a couple of months before it comes out. Uh, and, you know, DC Collectibles, DC, uh, Direct, they don't have a amazing track record with getting things out on time so hmm. you know I would allow for some leeway but they should be out pretty soon also as long as we're mentioning Green Lantern stuff that's coming out uh, there is a new Scribblenauts game coming at some undeterminate date called uh, Scribblenauts Unmasked and you know, if you're not familiar if you're like Jim who I had to, con- to explain what a Scribblenaut is it is basically this <clears throat> this game where you play as a character who has this magic notebook and you're given puzzles to solve with your imagination. You know, like if if your objective is to get a thing out of the top of a tree, you could write saw and a chainsaw would appear and you could cut it down, or you could write ladder and a ladder could appear and you'd go up it. You'd write jetpack and fly up there. You could write atomic bomb and blow up the tree. You know, whatever. And when they ported the game over to a Nintendo console, they <clears throat> they put in you know Mario and Zelda characters that you could call up and have do stuff. Now they're releasing a version that is filled with they claim two thousand DC characters, and one one of the promotional screenshots showed Oa with you know Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner. Kyle Rayner in his original white Ion costume all flying around. So, and, like, there was, like, a brief trailer 
showing like a bunch of quick cuts of gameplay and I did see Hal sh- in the air shooting like a green boxing glove at somebody. So if you want to have like a really kind of like open-ended do whatever the hell you want kind of Green Lantern in video games experience, you could probably do worse cuz I played I played in a an iPhone version of Scribble Knots before and even without you know license properties included it's fun to just like mess around with when you have five or ten minutes at a time yep hooray okay. all right happy birthday to me let's get out of here yeah. <laughs> night everyone night, night.